What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 65 of So I've Been Told. My name is Adam Kramer, and this was a really fun episode. I say that a lot when I put these out, but it really was. I had uh, Andrew and John from Magnified Pod on here. If you don't know about Magnified Pod, it is a podcast where... Uh, Andrew and John uh, listen to music mostly from the uh, 90s alternative Christian music world and use that as kind of a platform to talk about religion and politics and culture and there's a really great community around that podcast and I've been a fan for a little while and uh, connected with Andrew and John through the internet and so i decided to have them on the podcast to chat so i hope you guys enjoy hanging out with andrew and john yo yo nice to see you man it's it's real weird to like when i've had people on the pod that like i'm used to hearing on podcasts and oh sure so it's like weird to like have a back and forth when I'm used to just hearing you guys talk. I know it's yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't want to get into the the pod topics because I was you know I'm oh, yeah. about to like launch into like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but like that's the same thing like when we've had interviews with people we're like this is kind of weird and surreal yeah. and you know but yeah well. I, I actually, I started recording already, I, you know, cut around, I just, in case we do ever jump, because I've had that happen before, where I start, and I'm not really ready, and we end up just jumping right into it, so, what's up, John? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, I just wanted to make sure your sound was working, because I hadn't heard you say anything yet. Um, Does it sound okay? Yeah, sounds great. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty loose, there's really not a format, we're just gonna hang out and talk, um. So, yeah, I, f- I figured. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, how did you guys, what, were, what was your guys' origin with getting into kind of punk rock broadly? Um, you guys, whoever wants to start first can go ahead. I'll, I'll go. Um, so, I think broadly, I, I grew up not really listening to a lot of music like in elementary school I wasn't really listening to any music and I think that was part of where I was living in my early elementary school days I was living in Kansas for a bit and then once I moved to the Chicago suburbs and actually listened to radio was when I heard Green Day for the first time it's where I heard The Offspring for the first time and I was like all I was listening to up until that point was like michael w smith and so like hearing this was like what this is like this exists and then uh in like you know middle school was when i got my first mxpx cd got teenage politics and then i got uh sumo surprise by goatee hook and like this sort of uh blew my mind open that there could be not only just like punk rock but like punk rock that's like for the good christian kid like me and (laughs) um 
it just sort of became from eighth grade on, it just sort of became a love affair. And I don't, and I won't, I will never apologize <laughs> for my love of punk rock. And you should. I don't care. It'll come and go. It's the same way with ska. I will never apologize for my love of ska. <laughs> ska defines uh, who I am as a person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, I... Yeah, so that was, I would say that was the, the briefly my my punk rock origin story. Yeah, you can go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I I mean I found punk rock maybe on a similar path, but with a different origin story. And I feel like you know listening to uh, some of your episodes, I feel like a lot of people kind of have the same trajectory like green day is a touchstone for a lot of people and i was listening to the mike middleton interview and i feel like i have the same sort of nirvana to green day to mxpx uh, (laughs) pipeline yeah (laughs) um but that too was just from i mean i I did grow up listening to a lot of music and um i don't know what to trace it to exactly but my parents were into music and i remember like my mom putting beatles records on for me when i was really little and i guess that was sort of the seed of seeking out music maybe, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely always listened to the radio and around the time of Nirvana getting big, you know, whatever I was like nine, 10. And I remember like being really drawn to it, but also seeming kind of like scary. <laughs> and I was like, this is intense, but I like it. And, um, you know, it wasn't long after that, the green day got on the radio and that was, I was trying to pinpoint like my, my punk rock origin story. And it's probably them. Like it is for a lot of people our age. Um, yeah. The Green Day, and then um, that eventually leading to a whole, you know, path. But I feel like I've always kind of had like this desire to really like get the whole history of something. Mm-hmm. Like even as a little eighth grader, I was like, "Well, I got to start with the Ramones and the Sex Pistols and the Clash." <laughs> so I would like buy all the '70s stuff, and the Clash was always like huge for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Andrew and I both like by the time we were sort of introduced to MXPX, I think that was kind of our pipeline in that world um so i was always kind of punk was one of many genres i listened to growing up and still one of many for me and christian punk was like a piece of the larger punk puzzle so i was kind of like you know the the few bands that we've really delved into on our podcast are kind of the ones that were the the big touchstones for me like mxpx and uh five iron um goatee hook and now slick shoes um but yeah those are kind of that's kind of where that came from. And then, yeah, in junior high, too, I was kind of starting to play uh, bass and instruments and starting some punk bands in high school. So it was kind of all from there. Awesome. And you guys, uh, you guys, like, went to college together. That's where you guys met, right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. So what? where was the – well, before you guys got, got there, um, individually, did you guys, like, have a lot of, like, friends that were also into this same music? Or was it – I, maybe my my like particular background is is strange because I grew up in a super rural area where yeah. I was like there was like hardly anybody that was into like any like punk rock related thing at all and then throw in the Christian thing it's like yeah um was a it was like a very kind of like very few people I knew were into this stuff so I was just curious what you guys experienced growing up like you know as, as far as that goes. You know, John and I talk a lot about the the Christian bookstore alternate universe, mm-hmm. where the 
the places that one would go to discover music in the Christian scene just doesn't really exist, and it was such anymore, and it was such a specific kind of thing to like go to a Christian bookstore to look for the latest punk rock CDs because that's what I had to do because I didn't really have any friends that I was very much alone on this mm. journey. And I was like one of one dude in my youth group to like 13 girls. Mm. Like there were like no other dudes in my youth group and not that the girls couldn't like punk rock. They just did it. Yeah. And I was like, didn't have any contemporary Christian dude friends that I could be like, yeah, let's like, you know, have you heard this? Have you heard that? And I been also part of that. Like I didn't go to a lot of, I didn't go to a lot of shows because I didn't have a lot of people to go to shows with. So the ones that I did go to were uh, very memorable. Um, so I do feel like in going through this recent season of the pod, and having some people recommend bands for us to listen to, and some bands that John and I were essentially being introduced to for the first time this season. Yeah. And, and people are like, yeah, I saw this band at Cornerstone, and I saw this band at this festival and at this show, and, and I'm like, man, I, I blew it. I, and like for me, the pinnacle of that this season was Blaster the Rocket Man, and feeling like, how did I miss... How, there's certain bands that you're you're just like, how did I miss that? Yeah. And I feel like for John, that would probably be Slick Shoes being the one of the biggest takeaways from the season that you yeah. you know you now now really really love. And I and so yeah, I the my introduction was just sort of um, what I could find at the Christian bookstores through happenstance. Like I had a non-Christian person sell me my eighth grade sell me my first goatee hook cd sumo surprise he had some he like picked it up and he's like probably didn't know it was christian and then he asked me if i wanted to buy it and i was like absolutely yeah and so (laughs) i was that that's kind of how that was happening and so yeah i i feel like i missed out on on some of these artists because i i didn't know to like uh you know, get catalogs or, you know, send away for free merch or, or whatever <laughs> that like these people were doing. And so, um, I wish I had more, more friends like that back in the day. I think it would have been, you know, wish me and Johnny Potts had grown up in the, the same neighborhood. We would have been mix we would have mixing up in the pit when we were in eighth grade. That's right, man. Yeah. I mean, I was essentially mixing it up in the pit in the neighborhoods where Andrew lives now when I was growing up in the twin cities. So I had the, fortune i guess in that sense of of growing up in the city and access to a lot of uh shows and records up at the triple rock well this is pre-triple rock days but certainly (laughs) mixing it up at first ave uh, sure places like that going to first avenue as soon as 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 early as like seventh and eighth grade um and seeing like weezer and bands like that uh boss tones was like a seventh grade show i remember that um but yeah that was i mean it was kind of a weird uh mix of things because i went to uh, a christian school but like i said we were in the city and not a lot of people even necessarily were like of the denomination that me and andrew were part of it was kind of like well here's a christian school in minneapolis 
Um, so it was a real mix of people and mix of kind of backgrounds um, and, and faith backgrounds. So I did have a lot of friends who were similar to me in that they were listening to Christian punk in addition to, you know, secular punk. And we were going to a lot of shows, both Christian and non-Christian. And some people were like very serious about the faith and others didn't have faith at all. And so, yeah, I, 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 there were aspects of the, you know, Christian private school thing that were a bummer. Uh, and then there were also aspects, um, like I was saying, where it kind of provided, I did have like a solid niche of whatever, however many there were of us, like half a dozen, uh, yeah punk rock kids who were all going to the same shows and stuff yeah cool i think that like part of what i've seen a little bit with kind of the community that's grown around magnified pod is there's probably a lot of dudes uh, not not all men that listen to the podcast but you, you know what i'm saying dudes right yeah uh, dudes as in everyone exactly yeah so like there's probably a lot of us that kind of grew up and like already felt like weirdos because we were like into punk and then on top of that like being like youth group kids so i think that's really why the podcast has seems like it's resonating with a lot of people um especially because a lot of us have uh i mean most of us that were into punk rock as teenagers and in the church have all deconstructed to a certain degree I, i don't see a lot of people that are still um, really active in their faith the same way um, as they would have imagined they would have been when they were teenagers in these bands. Um, and I've just been like really enjoying kind of seeing that community. Um, what was what was the like whose idea was it to do the podcast and how did it all get started? Um. <laughs> Before we, you know, before we get too far into that, I feel like, you know, if I'm doing a podcast, I feel like I need to crack open oh, yeah. the hams, you know, so I, I have, um, hams, I have a beer and a shot. Nice. So, nice. Um, I failed. I, I have nothing, so. I've got, I've got, got a, a, John, got you, a Pepsi. you have, nice. you have to maintain the brand. Sorry, man. <laughs> Screw it up. So now while I'm, while I'm thinking about it, because now we're talking about stuff about your pod that's off topic from what I was talking about, right. uh, did you guys... <laughs> that tends to happen with us. We yeah, no, and I'm, I'm 100% down for it. Um, did you guys have the Nerds Candy Corn? No. What? Yeah. I kept on meaning <laughs> to, like, I kept on meaning to, like, you know, hit you guys up during the uh, Magnifrite pod times and yeah it's like i feel like i i went to my local walgreens to get halloween candy for halloween and for the podcast and i didn't see i was like trying to find weird stuff intentionally yeah and man what so did you did you have some yeah and it was amazing yeah okay well well first we need let's back up to candy corn what are your thoughts on just plain candy corn to begin with. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. But, but, if there were a bowl of it in front of me, yes. like while we were sitting here doing the podcast, yeah. I am sure that I would probably eat them all if they were in front of me, even though right. I think they're disgusting. So, yeah, that, I feel like that's where John is, I think, 
sort of the opposite. He thinks it's disgusting, and I don't think you would actively choose to eat it. I don't dislike it, but I also don't actively buy it. Mm. So I'm with you, Adam. I would have, if it were in front of me, I would certainly snack on it. I would never go out of my way to ever yeah. spend money buying candy corn. Exactly. Until nerds candy like, corn, though. Flavored like nerds and crusted Fla- with nerds. What is what's flavored the... like nerds, but with the exact same texture as candy corn. Fascinating. Yeah, next Halloween <laughs> we gotta go. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. We, it... Yeah. We need to. We need. Like we'll occasionally have people send us pictures of like weird like weird starburst <laughs> related stuff and like there's like starburst jello or something like that that's so um, weird i feel like i'm like sure sure why not why not just do that but man i want to like when we when we did valentine's day the recently we did something with uh those gummy x's and o's from trader oh. joe's which i was so disappointed in like i was expecting more and again i did i like them a lot not really they were fine did i eat the whole bag absolutely yeah so my 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 threshold for candy and disliking candy and not eating it is i mean it's it's just so low like even if i don't really like something i'll eat the whole bag yeah i mean i wouldn't touch a good and plenty um well, that's because, as uh, John and I both agree, licorice is yeah. disgusting. It's garbage. It's, it's, it's yeah. Let's get back to the podcast because this is good yeah. Well, one one more one more candy note is so my very first band, uh, we practiced at my friend Rob's house, and his sister always had Starbursts, mm. and she would always leave the yellow and the orange because she hated the yellow and the orange and so she sounds sounds like a good person well same same thing i didn't i i would never choose just the yellow and the orange but when there's a mountain of them so now i just associate that with memories from my first band so i'm yeah but yeah like are you uh are you red or pink where do you fall oh definitely pink yeah, yeah, right. boys, yeah. Big boys for life. Yep. Pink already here. Yep. I know. Hey, well, no, there's. It's on the record that red and pink are the two best flavors, but you know we just fall on either side. That's fine. Yeah. I, don't, I do dislike the red. You don't dislike the pink. Yeah. It's a it's a big tent here in, in our podcast world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, getting back to the origins. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I remember I sent John an email. I'd like been floating this idea in like 2016, 2017 of like wanting to do a podcast, but not really having a a topic that I felt super strongly about. And I didn't know if I really wanted to do it by myself. And, and it was in listening to, um, Adam Scott and Scott Ackerman's podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, you talking you two to me, and are you talking REM re me where they went like through the entire discographies of U2 and then REM that I was like, I think that's a great idea. I think finding a band that you grew up listening to that you have all these associations and memories and, 
emotions connected to, and I'm like, that's, because that's like the, one of the strongest things for me is talking about music and, and my emotional connections to the, the bands that I love. Mm -hmm. And my first thought that I had was, uh, was Weird Al. And, th and then I was like, I don't know if I know anybody who's obs obsessive about Weird Al as me that would do this. And then my second thought, well, and there's already a Weird Al podcast, but there's a bunch. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's probably several Weird Al podcasts. Yeah, yeah there's like, yeah, any, yeah. So I was like, but then my next immediate thought was MXPX and, and followed by my next immediate thought, which was John Potter. And I sent him this idea for a podcast which has become sort of a historical document in podcast lore <laughs> that I, you know, texted in this idea and John said, yeah, I love this idea. I think this would be great. I just don't know how much time I would have to do this. And fast forward almost four years later, uh, doing three hour episodes, <laughs> you know, it's, and then the joke is that he still doesn't, kind of doesn't have the time to do it but we we still still find the time anyway yeah we make it happen uh, yeah, i mean the uh, oh go ahead no i was gonna say the the i think our original plan had been to just cover the mxpx discography we didn't really think beyond that but right. like it part of our sort of like uh you know thought behind covering them was to then also get into the scene a little bit more broadly in terms of like using them as a platform to kind of discuss cultural religion and politics and, and, you know, by necessity sort of talk through some of the things that maybe deserve uh, some talking through and mm -hmm. reckoning with from that time uh, and scene. So, you know, as much fun as it was going through the MXPX records, like I really feel like it was when we got to, some of the ideas that came next for how do we sort of sustain the pod and, and build it where it really took off and the community really grew. And I think, um, you know, we were talking about feeling like weirdos uh, in scenes as kids and five iron for me, I always identify as like such a great example of finding a home there. Cause I felt like, you know, a weirdo in the Christian scene um, for liking alternative music and then a weirdo in uh, alternative scene for liking, you know, having a Christian background. And they always felt like such a, uh, a space for the, uh, you know, the orphans to fly together. Um, but, uh, yeah, by the time that we were sort of expanding its other bands and other topics, I feel like that's when it really kind of became, um, more than we even like set out to do in terms of what the sort of project was and what we were discussing and, and bringing people together. Cause I feel like that was a, um, a season where a lot of uh, people who had a similar background really came together and wanted to, to talk about it with us. Yeah. And I, I was, I was one of those, uh, I came on for the five iron season and like I knew about, I found out about you guys somewhere during the start of the MXPX one. And I wanted to, cause I love MXPX and I honestly still have not gone back and listened to the first season. Um, and, and I'll get there. I, I just feel like at the time there was, you know, sidebar, but I feel like at the time there was like a lot of like MXPX related podcast content in the world. And I was just like, eh, I need a little bit of a break from that. That has literally never, ever happened to me before. <laughs> That's that magpod technical difficulties first. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I have no idea what happened. The internet just went off. I, it's never That's never happened in the middle of a podcast before, so that's a... Well, well I'm sure it's happened in... Like some, you know, Brandon Abel or something. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I had technical difficulties with that Mike Middleton issue, uh, episode as well, but not not quite, didn't cut out like that, but where where were we? <laughs> uh, I think you were talking about uh, maybe there was a lot of MXPX stuff going on during our season or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, just because, I mean, I've, I've heard like every MXPX-related podcast there was up yeah. till that point, so I was like, because I mean, they get covered so heavily with like the... You know, like Bad Christian, and literally, you name the podcast, they've they've uh, been talked about, uh, like Billy Powers podcast and all that. So, um, yeah, um, that's where I was going with that. And I, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, I don't understand why you would not <laughs> go back. You know, it's it would be. I will eventually. Well, it's in the plans. Road. It's it's in the plans. I just haven't yet, but uh, plans with implants even. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. We just, I don't we just went way around where we needed to, and then yeah, but anyway, yeah, I, I jumped in with the five iron season and kind of because I always like that band has always meant so much to me and what they're about has always been like so rad to me. So, um, but yeah, I, I it's just been pretty cool to see kind of a community come out of what you guys are doing with this podcast. Yeah, Thanks, and man. I feel like that was unintentional. Like I I don't I don't think we had you know, obviously we're not like some we're not the uh the Joe Rogan of long form <laughs> uh Christian uh, alternative music podcast or anything. You know, we don't have that much of a following, but we have the people that do listen and follow and are part of the community are active. And yeah. and I think that's because there's something deeper about this scene than just liking a band a lot. Yeah. And I think it's because a lot of us have kind of walked through the fires together in in the the good ways that we talk about, but also like some of the traumatic ways of yeah. different uh, aspects of the church and some of the bummer stuff that John had you know mentioned that we needed to unpack when going into the talking about the scene. And I think doing in doing that and having that level of honesty, it opens opens up that potential for a deeper connection and a deeper relationship and. I've never been one to shy away from just brutal transparency and mm. honesty about myself and where I am. And, and I think allowing other people to come in on and like witness my journey, the journey that I'm still actively on. It also kind of helps in feeling that connection because yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to listen to, to, jabronis talk for two and a half hours uh you know i i want to feel like i know something about them or i care a little bit and not just because they think the same band is that we like is also cool like that's i don't feel like that's enough to sustain anybody's attention i think both of us didn't anticipate uh the community building up in the way that it has and i think for sure that's my favorite aspect of of doing it now is like folks listening alongside us and you know sending voicemails and emails and weighing in as as they're going through it and the discord that we've set up and the fact that you know 
we do regular hangs with these folks and really kind of are like um, in each other's lives in a way that we would not have anticipated from starting an MXPX podcast uh, in a way that's been really cool and rewarding to kind of be like a, a safe place for folks to um, get into some of the things that are going on in their lives and how the scene impacted them. And, um, so yeah, that growing that community and having a place for for us to come together and use these albums as a, as a way to kind of uh, check in on each other, I think has been a really rewarding aspect of it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's just been like a really good jumping off point for the conversations about specifically about the the church stuff that all of us are are experiencing to a certain degree um and i think that's you know that's why it's connected with me at least just because it's so um it's not just looking at these albums with like the nostalgia glasses on um yeah and so that's just i've just you know think they're really great jumping off points for you know all of the things that we are like dealing with now and and discussing yeah yeah there are some albums that i didn't remember being as much of a bummer as they ended up being (laughs) (laughs) and it's hard to listen to certain albums and certain songs with those rose colored glasses when the lyrics are as much of a bummer as they are. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's always plenty to unpack. Uh, and we talk about like the, the sort of specific, you know, it, it's, you know, there's, there's a commonality among a lot of folks yeah. from the scene, as you were saying, but like there is still the specific niche of like people who, want to hear these albums again like thoughtfully talked through mm-hmm. because they still genuinely enjoy them while also being able to name the things about them that are problematic or whatever so like that's kind of a specific niche to be like yeah man i have a lot of trauma from the church but also this hangnail album slaps so <laughs> it's, like, it's a fun spot to be in. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, less serious question was it ever a thought to do like so, like literally song by song with mxpx a la Sadie Hawkins pod or, or Blake 155. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I, I feel like, um, there's just something that about the nice, neat packaging <laughs> of being able to cover a single album and a song by song, especially for something like MXPX, if we'd still be doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, I mean, I, I haven't uh, I haven't heard any Sadie Hawkins pod in a while, but I wonder if it, you know if Danny's getting sick of it yet. Or... I think they're still into it, man. Yeah, still... that rules. I mean, that, I I think it's super rad that they're doing that, and I I just um I I just you know I know the the Blink One Fifty Five guys. It seemed like they uh they were pretty damn sick of Blink One Blink One Eighty Two by the end of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they just they just they're just 155 now right yeah and it, and it works and it works for them because like they're just ridiculous but like yeah, yeah i feel like you i can't imagine just the length it would take and i feel like i just get tired of talking about the same band for that long oh, yes yes Definitely. and which is why i think this last season with doing the compilation style of doing a genre 
and allowing us to jump from band to band made it a whole lot easier because especially if we were discussing a band or an album or whatever that was like not highest on our list we're like well it's all right we'll be done with this in a few weeks yeah. so it's not it's not like we had to commit a full year to a band that we're like oh gosh plus no one has the same <laughs> discography as mxpx or five iron that we could spend like yeah. a whole year talking about them yeah but you know with uh with you know also with a lot of these other bands that we cover this season they're defunct and they're not yeah. actively playing they're not putting out new music um so it's not like there's a lot to go on there as well yeah um yeah i mean how how exciting was it for you guys to uh, when you did finally have someone from uh any of the bands you know i know you connected a lot with the five iron guys i don't i don't know as much about the mxpx season but like how how exciting is it to start a band revolving around or start a podcast revolving around these bands and then having them involved with it the five iron stuff was like some of the most surreal yeah stuff like those interviews and like having reese and scott on like three times or whatever four times whatever it was and then like having like the world's longest conversation with reese um (laughs) it was and then like like it culminating in like the release of their new record Mm -hmm. and like us being thanked in the liner notes i was just like just fully not anticipating that (laughs) and just the it was in the second season that I really feel like we hit a groove and hit our stride and is when the community sort of coalesced into what it has become now. Yeah. Which is, it couldn't, our experience covering Five Iron couldn't have been more different Mm -hmm. than the first season. Mm. And And I'm not just like speaking like from a, hitting our stride and like kind of figuring out and knowing what we're doing standpoint, just like the way the band just embraced everything and mm-hmm. were open to all the conversations open to, uh, just participating and sharing what we were doing and stuff. It was just like very, very different and refreshing. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're lucky that we've had some level of engagement with almost every band we've covered, you know, to some extent, whether it's just behind the scenes or whether we've actually got to spend time with them. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Mike from MXPX was definitely generous with us, and we hung out uh, a couple times, and, cool. and that felt initially, you know, kind of surreal. And then, as Andrew's saying, though, with, with Fiverr, I mean, they really became our friends, and yeah. that was, like... Um, moved past the like, wow, I can't believe we get to like talk about these lyrics that meant so much to us with the people who wrote them to like, oh, how are they doing today? Just checking in with them and yeah. um, forming those actual uh, friendships and relationships was a real highlight. And I think that one of those like, whoa moments uh, for me that we've talked about a few times was when we had Basaki Lou on mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the producer of a lot of the Five Iron Records and he was playing <laughs> the original stems of the songs and breaking them down for us oh, and getting to hear these so cool. 
tracks, isolated tracks that like nobody else had really heard outside of the band was like one of those moments that was like, wow, this is a, this is something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wild, wild, wild moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool to see that the, the, the people that I thought were like the coolest people in the world when I was like 12 are like legit the coolest people. Like, (laughs) um, Five Iron will not any like, you know, they say don't meet your heroes, but Five Iron's not going to disappoint you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I had Leonore on the pod and I mean, she's, I can't say enough good things about her. She's just the sweetest. And, uh, yeah. yeah, Like thinking about, and then like, you know, I, I don't know her outside of the pod and we have some mutual friends, uh, but then, like, you know, seeing her, like, love a photo of from my wedding, I'm like, I thought she was, like, the coolest person in the world when I was, like, yeah. 11, 12 years old, and now, like, yeah, yeah it's it's just pretty rad. Yeah. It's, it's, I, yeah, when you cross that threshold from just, like, uh, just being sort of, you know, uh, sort of a professional transactional, like, oh, I'll do the podcast, yeah. I'll do the interview or whatever. And kind of like what John was saying that, like, how, like, we really care about these people and they yeah. become more than just, like, people that we interview. And, uh, you know, and, 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 like, getting to hang out with, Scott and, and Andy and Leonor and Brad this this last September I'm just like gosh these guys are just just the the coolest like I I hanging out with Scott um, Kerr and, and John Warren from Ace Troubleshooter and just like hanging out drinking beers and, and just having a, you know telling jokes and just sharing stories about music and stuff. I'm just like, it just felt like hanging out with a couple of bros, you know, yeah. it wasn't like, a, you know, just, it was, they're just, they're like you said, John said, you know, never meet your heroes, but like, these are just good people. They're, yeah. they're just good people who also write songs that slap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't want to, keep you guys all night but uh i don't know when i'm gonna release this i don't know when you're gonna announce what the next season is if you tell me i promise i won't keep it in the pot if you tell me not to um but yeah when's the when's the new season happening (laughs) we did announce on our pod in the last episode but we haven't put it like up on the socials right now so i don't know i'll defer to you andrew um i feel like we can yeah, uh, you know we can share what um, that we're going to be doing uh, an indie season. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing similar to what we did this last season, where we did a, a skate punk uh, season where we covered a bunch of bands. This season we're going to be covering a bunch of indie bands. So in the vein of bands like Pedro the Lion and uh on othello and danielson uh, danielson yeah me without you yeah yeah so we have a we have a long list that we're you know 
still narrowing, narrowing down. Yeah. But those are like some of the one bands that we're going to be we're going to be covering. And as far as launch date, um, TBD. <laughs> um, but we're looking, you know, def. I would say April is yeah. a safe is a safe yeah. bet. Cool. Very cool. Uh, how great is that new Pedro record? It's great, man. I, Pedro and Bazan are like my all-time number one Same. Uh, artist, and so it will it will be a new level of like uh, dissecting stuff for me when we get to all those records and the journey that he's kind of gone on from the early Pedro stuff to these last couple records will be a really interesting one to track. So yeah, I. I don't know if I'm the guy to start it, but I would probably listen if somebody did a song by song Bazan podcast. Um, be pretty good. Like I think there's there's just so much stuff to to mine through that, but it's a that'd be a big undertaking. Indeed, we're sticking purely to Pedro and not to the Bazan solo stuff. Okay. Uh, partly for that reason, because there's kind of so much, but you know, we'll sort of touch on what he's done all throughout. So. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what's, uh, so what are you, what are you listening to these days, not in, not in, like, the Christian music vein? What, what's, what are you throwing on? Dude, I, I listen to so much 100 Gex. Interesting. Yeah, like, I don't know why, but that's, like, it's just, I think... I think part of it has to do with like it's just so silly and fun and I heard it in the middle of the not that the pandemic's over who knows when the actual middle is but you know what I'm saying uh like you know in the middle of quarantine time and it just was bright and weird and that was yeah I just keep going back to that and also I, like I'm embarrassed because they're like the hugest band ever, so it's not like that cool. But that Glow On Turnstile record is, I Thank you, man. yeah, I love it, I love it so much. Yeah, you know this is what I'll say about hyperpop. I I appreciate even if something is like not my lane, I appreciate when a band tries to buck music conventions. Yeah. And, you know, how many polished uh, straight-ahead rock or pop records do we need? Like, and, and there's they can, those records can still be outstanding, but, like, somebody has to push the boundary somewhere. Yeah. And... I was just listening today to this new, there's this, um, it's coming out on Bad Time, I think it's coming out on Bad Time Records, mm. um, this band called uh, Eichlers, Okay. And yeah. it's sort of like a blend of ska and hyperpop and indie. So it's like a really, I mean, if you, if you like, <laughs> I feel like you should check it out. It's not as like glitchy and weird yeah. as 100 Gex, but still like, I feel like, well, maybe scratch that itch, but it's, it's like, this is not a combination of, of styles or genres that I would expect 
to um, be coming out of like the ska scene, but you know, you know, do it. Yeah, I think push push the boundaries, try something new. Yeah, I mean, I I guess just like always being like obsessed with music and feeling like I've heard, you know, especially now, like anything I want to hear, I can hear. Like back in the day when we had to hunt for everything, like those days are gone, and so like I've have access to all of the music and like the stuff and I listen to a ton of music and the stuff that sticks out to me that I remember and want to go back to that's what gets me and like the 100 Gex record just felt really fresh to me yeah yeah and the thing that is feeling fresh to me right now that I am getting unparalleled amounts of joy from is the Linda Lindas. Hmm. I love them so much. It it feels like I'm their dad <laughs> because I'm just so proud of them <laughs> and I love that they're doing so well and I pre-ordered their uh, their debut album on vinyl. I pre-ordered like another final EP that they were they're releasing I like have shirt like and swag and stuff I'm just like sick I am just so pumped for them to be putting out sort of riot girl uh, punk rock that it's just so good and they're children <laughs> I I'm just it just makes me it just makes me feel excited that there's an even younger generation playing uh, Riot Girl punk rock and yeah. are feeling in you know they're influenced by the pioneers of Riot Girl stuff from like the '90s and I it's just that's that that excites me it really just excites me and also just like more women of color in punk is just yeah. like. I'm here for that every single day. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually just recently moved to Syracuse, New York, from Rochester, and uh, so, like, you know, like, the, the hardcore scene is, like, legendary here, and I went and saw that band Gel, and uh, Taking Meds, who are from Rochester, this dude's from Such Gold, um, and I had never seen so many, like, young girls at a show and there were women in every single... Well, Taking Meds didn't have a woman in the band, but, like, every other band that played. Um, it was... It just... Like, the scene feels kind of exciting now for the first time in a long yeah. time as well, because, I mean, it was so non-existent for a while, but... Um, yeah, I think especially a, a hard... And, like, the hardcore scene, such a historically bro-y scene. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I there are definitely some you wouldn't want to go to certain if you there are certain bands that had that they have that reputation that if you showed up to their shows you had to expect that you might just get your ass kicked yeah and you know that's not usually at the top of my list when I go to a show yeah. it's like getting in a fight so 
you know, more young people, more diverse audiences. And, and sometimes you can learn a lot about a band based on kind of who their audience is. And yeah. That's maybe not entirely fair, but you know, if the entire audience is white broy dudes, like, I don't know, maybe not the exclusive scene that I would like to associate yeah. myself with. Yeah. And also, I mean, for the record, obviously, you got what I meant when I said there were a ton of young girls. I sounded very enthusiastic about it and not in the way that it may yes. have come across. Um, we understand. Like, it's, it's so, like, not. yeah, it's, and also, it's, it, it just, like, strikes me that we're just, like, talking about, like, like, these, like, real young bands and how weird it is because, like, we're just dudes in our 30s now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Um, I, I was saying last night to some friends, I'm like, I'm like, it's not weird that I really like the Linda Lindas, right? Like, it's not, and they're like, no, I mean, I just, but it's You should probably take down some of those posters you have in your room. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know, I, yeah, I just think just being, I love being excited about new music. Yeah. Because sometimes I can, you listen to music and you're just like, this, this is awesome. But like. Being genuinely excited about something is, you know, that's it's a, it's a it's refreshing that I can still be excited about something new mm. in my late thirties. You know, yeah. I, I, I oftentimes I think the uh, the stereotype is by this point by this our ages that you have sort of solidified the music that you're going to be listening to and you don't really discover new music and you're mostly just listening to the stuff that you listen to when you're in high school or college. And I think that's been one of the byproducts of the pod is mm -hmm. that's been impossible. Yeah. You know, yes, we are listening to albums that are over 20 years old most of the time for the pod, but we also spend a lot, a lot of the time also talking about new shit that we listen to and new yeah. and our favorite albums of the year yeah. and um that's that's time when i get to learn about stuff that john loves that i haven't listened to and um and you know and it's it's I, it's refreshing to find that balance between uh listening to old stuff and discovering new music that I mm -hmm. can still be so excited about going to see and maybe it's because of quarantine and not having seen live <laughs> music for a couple of years but like you know I'm, I'm, I already have like tickets to like six shows you know Sick. pending right now so I'm just so ready to go out there and start seeing live music again yeah yeah it's it's been it's been a weird two years and I know that's like it it's like dumb to say because it's been for everybody and we've all said it a million times, but it feels like a lot of time has just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we're coming up like, yeah, just in a matter of days, less than a week, we're coming up on yeah two years of like when quarantine and lockdown began in earnest. So mm -hmm. next week is my Ernest goes to quarantine. Birthday, so yeah. Yep. Bummers all around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like real rad to hang out with you guys and uh 
yeah, it's it's weird too. I feel like it's like having conversations like this or like out in public now are so like I don't understand like boundaries of like how much we talk and like <laughs> like when we're just hanging out like how long is too long like yeah, yeah, yeah. if i saw you like i know we're facebook friends but if i saw you in public right. did before did we actually like did we talk or were we like did we do like a head nod thing like yeah right <laughs> like all those social yeah. cues are just we don't know how to process them anymore yeah I've talked more to people via our podcast in the last two years than in person, certainly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've awesome. talked to John more in the last two years than like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it. Aside from anybody who lives in my house, that's true. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, any obviously you want to plug the uh, the new season. Uh, anything else you guys yeah. want to plug? Do it now. Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast. Indie Rock Season. <laughs> coming very soon. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, hit us up on the socials. Yeah, at Magnified Pod. Facebook. Insta, Twitter. Uh, you can, people want to send us emails, magnifiedpodgmail.com. Voicemails, we do that too. 872 762 <laughs> Eight seven eight seven two seven Magpod. Uh, eight six seven five three zero nine. You could find us. Thank you for, for letting us take up your real estate on this pod, Adam. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to talk to you, man, and, and we we we're really into your pod too and the conversations you're having. So thanks for this. Thanks. Yeah, I you know I saw it just seems like there's some crossover with the content and uh, yeah, I, yeah, just I wanna. I'll probably try to reach out to Danny Leary. He's agreed to come on. So I want to just kind of talk to some other podcasters too, yeah, which that's what the sure. world needs is more people who have podcasts <laughs> just talking to each other. But Yeah, more, uh, more white dudes our age. Yep. Talking about it too. Yep. Uh, yeah, for sure. I hope we get to, uh, to talk again in yep. some avenue soon. All yeah. right. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out Magnified Podcast. The new season is dropping this Sunday night. Well, the the first episode of the new season. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. And, you know, subscribe to their Patreon. Uh, I do, and it's really rad. And it's a really good community of people. So check it out if that's something you're into. Uh, If you would like to give money to me for this podcast, uh, there is a place to give on the anchor.fm slash so I've been told site. I don't ever ask anybody to do that, but since I was talking about their Patreon, I thought, well, you know, why not? If you want to throw me a couple bucks for doing this pod i would appreciate it but certainly don't feel obligated uh next hopefully next week i know that i've made empty promises before about the timelines of these episodes 
but it's recorded. It's just a matter of me putting it together. Uh, I had my buddy uh, Kevin Cappy on here, and they've been kind of blowing up on TikTok, and they're in the Grievance Club and the Sonderbombs, and we had a really fun conversation just talking about music and talking about TikTok, which I don't know shit about TikTok because I am very old. But anyway, uh, be on the lookout for that. And just thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you.